Welcome to Late Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. What's uh, up? I'm glad that you and I are celebrating this most blessed pride yeah. by being just a couple of straight people <laughs> recording a podcast uh-huh. when it's dark out. <laughs> Uh, and I'm surrounded by boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like I think you and I should be like the flag of straightness, like this image. This Podcasting is what, at night while everyone's out partying and marching. Can I? This is what a true ally is. Is it? Staying home. Staying home. I'm staying out of the way. And not being involved in anything. I'm not in anybody's way. I'm not sucking up oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I am being a good ally right now yeah. by just staying the hell out of everyone's <laughs> way. So you're welcome. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome, yeah. everyone. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm well. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, Anything new with the, the music business? I've been, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself a part of the music business per se, okay, but I have been playing music. Go with me, man. How's the band stuff? Uh, I've been playing a lot of music recently. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um started playing bass for a couple bands. Hell yeah. Um uh all New York based. And uh also if you're listening to this and you're in the New York area, I'm playing a solo show tonight. Uh in Bushwick at a uh coffee house called Caffeine Underground that sells C B D coffee. Ooh. Oh yeah, I wanted to check that out. I mean, also see your music, mm-hmm. but also try that. <laughs> yeah, it's so. I would go, guys. I just work Monday night. Ooh, of course. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So I've been. I just went like. Cr- I just went like. I like, lost my mind like two or three months ago, and I was just like, I have to play more music. So I just yeah. started like, cold emailing like a hundred people. I just emailed so many people. They're like looking for bass players and that's awesome. Um, just connected with a few people, made some friends, and then I've been playing some cool shows recently. Which Very is fun. cool. Yeah. I also have exciting career news that Ooh. I can't share with anyone. Great. That's uh, the best kind of news. That's all of my news. We're <laughs> like, I always have like three different things where I'm like, man, this would be really cool if it works out, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about it at all because it probably won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to like sound like a series of failures, which is what it is. Yes, of course. Um, but also potentially cool stuff happening. Well, that's great. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I was wondering if we should do recommendations let me ask you this do you have enough recommendations to last over two episodes yes oh cool okay so i'll go first because it's my show and no one can stop me fine uh there is a bonus episode of queer eye available right now where they go to yes australia (laughs) Uh, there's actually a place called yes um so of course (laughs) queer eye went there and This probably isn't the most important detail about this special bonus episode, but a couple of the Queer Eye guys have, like, exciting new facial hair, Mm. and I, like, shouted when I saw it. (laughs) Jonathan has a magnificent mustache, and then Bobby has a beard! Bobby, of all of them, Bobby has a beard. I was was blindsided, Uh, and it's very good, and I love them so much. And I want eight more episodes right now. Can I ask you a question that's going to get me shouted at on Twitter? Yes. Um, who's the one with the long hair? Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. He performed at UCB once I while I was working. No. And I've never 
had a worse night at work? No, because of him? I mean, not because of him, oh, just because, like, he, I guess... Some... He just attracted a bunch of Oh, my God. It was people. insane. It was a Thursday night. Well, which... I mean, they are, like, the most popular people in the world. Right I was, now. like, working... Uh, I don't I don't work Thursday nights anymore, but when I was, like, it was arguably the slowest night of the week. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they would, like, have good crowds, but it was always just, like, you know, there was never... I never had any problems. We never even had a standby line. It was just, like... You know, it was just, like, so routine and chill. And then we found out he was performing. Yeah. And, like, it was just chaos. Yeah. It was madness. I also, I have a theory that a couple people um, confirmed for me on Twitter, because I guess he has a podcast. But my low-key theory about Queer Eye is that Jonathan is the smartest person on that Uh show. And a couple of people tweeted me and they were like, he is. Like, (laughs) you gradually, like, throughout the show, you gradually find out stuff about him where I was like wait a second <laughs> are you super smart yeah he is and then other my other recommendation i don't know if this is a recommendation okay hear Ooh, me out. these are my favorite i like the, these are my favorite there's a show on netflix called cooking on high okay. that was recommended to me and i was offended by netflix uh, netflix's <laughs> algorithm because i was like hold on yes i smoke pot yes i'm into cooking shows but how dare you with this <laughs> stoner crap? Because usually I don't like weedtainment stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it makes me feel really gross because there's a lot of uh, people of color in jail right now for stuff that white people are now capitalizing on and doing yeah. on Netflix, for example. Right, right, right. But I watched it. And first of all, there's a lot of people of color on it, which is cool. That's great. Takes them forever to have a female judge, but they eventually get there. And there's this guy on it. So it's it's basically a cooking uh, competition show. Okay. And they bring out very accomplished chefs who have experience uh, working with weed and incorporating it into food. Oh, okay. So... They prepare two meals and then judges eat it and get super high and then attempt to score them, which is hilarious. Uh, that's way better. That I assume the show is going to be, and I think this might actually be better, is to take professional chefs and get them high and then make them cook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some <laughs> of them I think are high when <laughs> okay. they're cooking. But they like are very accomplished, uh, decorated chefs. And everything they prepare is awesome. There's a lot of vegetarian chefs who come on. And so, but here's the thing. Here's what saves it, okay? Because it's really, I think their entire budget of the show is like $35. Because (laughs) you know how they have different perspectives in a cooking show? So you can see people preparing meals and like there's cameras everywhere, but you never see the cameras. Uh You see the cameras mounted to the wall in this. (laughs) And then also the set is so weird. It seems like it's part of a larger set. Yeah. Because there's these weird, like if you look in the background, (laughs) there's a screen that they've like projected images on, but then there looks like there's a second kitchen or something behind them. And I'm like, what is this? These people just like sneak onto a lot and like take over a set and yeah, film a show. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, anyway, and the the host is like very annoying. Uh that's unfair. He's a he's like a high energy bro. Mm-hmm. So like annoying to me. I'm sure he's not annoying to everyone. Here is what saves it though. Okay. In addition to them having actually amazing chefs and a couple very funny comedians who were judges, 
there's this guy in Gaio who is sort of like a weed historian. Okay. And he comes out and he's like the coolest older black guy just in an amazing suit every episode. Uh-huh. And he's the one who comes out and he shows them what strain they're going to be cooking with. Okay. And he also gives you like a mini weed lesson, like the chemical composition of weed, why you get high, the yeah. history of the strains. And it's fucking fascinating. Okay. And... So I'm like, who is this guy? I go on Twitter. He follows me. What? So I like tweet it and I'm sure he never checks Twitter, but I'm like, my fantasy now is to meet him and have him on the show because I legitimately think he's fucking brilliant and so interesting. But uh, W. Kamau Bell is friends with him. Okay. So I saw uh, Kamau promoting the show and that's what made me watch it because I was like, what is this dumb show? And then I saw Kamau being like, oh, my friend's on it. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not Mm -hmm. dumb and I should watch it. I binge watched the whole thing wow. in like a day and a half. That's because also the episodes are like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's very fun though. Can you, as somebody who doesn't have experience uh, in this uh, uh, realm of life, uh, can you taste weed and food? You can. It depends on uh, what the weed's been marinated in because what releases the thc is when you heat it up if you just eat like a chunk of pot you won't get high you might get sick but you won't get high yeah so you have to simmer the pot in either oil or water and it has to heat up to release the chemicals so it depends on like are you serving the weed like in beef are you serving it in a sauce are you serving it in an oil for in salad <laughs> yeah um because some of the dishes that's what the the uh, judges comment on they're like i can't taste it or oh i can taste it a little bit and sometimes it's nice to taste it a little bit yeah it's got like a nice aftertaste mm-hmm. but yeah when you were saying like weed and food the image that popped in my head was like <laughs> just like like a pile of collard greens, but instead of collard greens, it's weed. <laughs> They're just like eating like... Gross. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, so I guess I liked it way more than I thought. As I was talking it out, I was like, did I love this show? <laughs> yeah. But you when were I like, w- I don't know if this is a wreck, and you just talked glowingly about it. Well, for like when I was watching minutes. it, I was just like, this is a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a very problematic thing that keeps happening throughout the show that, Great. to his credit, and Gaio like, says, hey, this is problematic. People joking about secretly dosing their parents. <laughs> and like, so they'll eat something and they'll be like, this is delicious. My mom would eat this. Oh my God, I could get my mom secretly high. And Gaio's just like, don't drug people. <laughs> hey, don't do that. And like, he keeps pointing out that it's problematic. Yeah. But that is, I've noticed that is a joke people make. I've probably made it myself very flippantly and not meant it, but it's also like, hey, that's creepy. And maybe yeah. we shouldn't joke about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went real long with the recommendations. Oh, okay. Do you have a quick one you can do though? Um, yeah, uh, I've been, I don't have a viewing recommendation. Um, I have, uh, music recommendations. I'm listening to a lot of, uh, the band Boris is a Japanese metal band. How do you spell it? B-O-R-I-S. Boris. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to a lot of that band. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, this band Fiddlehead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could totally just fuck with me and make yeah, stuff yeah, up yeah, and I would yeah. be like, 
fiddle <laughs> we head. Do. Well, I had to down. look it up because I didn't know. Somebody, uh, a friend of mine, a music friend of mine in Memphis was like, oh, I've seen a lot of bands of that name. And I was like, really? That sounds like such a weird name. But then I looked it up and apparently Fiddlehead is a plant oh. that is uh, native to uh, New England. Oh. And this band is based out of Boston, so it makes more sense. Oh. And you're, it's, it's like an edible plant. It's like a, a, a is it regional weed? delicacy. Is it weird? It's, I don't think it's weird. I think it's weird. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um uh let's see. Uh oh, and check out uh this new band that I play for, uh called Muscle Before Paradise. Ooh. I don't great. think I've heard of that yet. Um they put out two uh two records uh a couple like a year ago and uh-huh. then um they just recently um started playing again and asked me to play bass and um very cool. bands I'm playing for. Well, guys, it is a Monday episode, which means I have a very special interview to offer all of you. What a creepy way to phrase that. Uh, <laughs> I talked to someone dope, and you should follow them. His name is Aiden Dowling, and he is a – this is very cool. He was the first transgender man on the cover of a mainstream magazine. Whoa. I believe it was Men's Health. He is – a really buff dude, very big in like the health and fitness community, but also he's a really great uh, speaker and advocate and motivational speaker. And I was feeling pretty down when I spoke to him and he's just such a like positive, nice dude that I felt really optimistic by the end of our interview. So I hope you feel the same and you should follow Aiden on Twitter I believe it's just Aiden Dowling, but I've been wrong about this before, (laughs) so I'm going to check. Yeah, it's Aiden spelled A-Y-D-I-A-N, Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G. Follow him. Tell him you love the interview, all of that great stuff. And yeah, here it is. Enjoy. So I've been checking in with people because... um, you know, especially if you've been watching the news, there's been uh, a couple celebrities who have died by suicide recently. And the news has been so terrible that I think it's really important. Um, obviously, we have to follow the news, but also to occasionally pause and talk about what's making us happy. Um mm-hmm. So I wanted to check in with you to see if there's anything you're reading or listening to or watching right now that's giving you joy. Yeah, I love that concept. Um, You're right. I think that there's a point to be informed, right? Um, Right. But then there's a time where, you know, we also have to like have inspiration and find joy in life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me right now, um, I'm a big consumer of positive, optimistic media in general, whether that's podcasts or um, motivational videos on YouTube or even like through Instagram. So for me right now, um, I've been, I, I, I've always listened to Les Brown. He's a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been somebody that I've taken a lot of my own um just lessons in life. Um, I think he, for me, um, I, I think I like Les Brown a lot because for me growing up, um, I was raised by a single mother and she's a hard worker. 
and things were never really um, easy for us to obtain, whatever that was. And I think sometimes we forget how easeful life can be and that it doesn't always have to be just like this super hard grit grind all the time. And mm-hmm. like there, there could be flows. Sometimes it may be like that and sometimes it won't be as hard. And uh, for me, one of the biggest messages from Les Brown in his motivational speeches that I listened to is that it's possible. That's kind of his theme is that it is possible. And I think um, growing up as a young lesbian, then transitioning and just being in the world where things felt like there was a cloud over us at all times, um, it's really nice to be reminded that it's possible and that you you deserve to follow your dreams. And mm-hmm. for me, that's a, a really big a big lesson that I'm still learning um, that things are possible, that you know dreams can come true, and that miracles can happen. So for me, uh, listening to his stuff is is super motivational. Yeah, also, I lo- yeah. yeah um, I know for me, like, because everybody has their own thing they deal with. I always have this anxiety that I'm not being as productive as other people. Mm. Like I'm not grinding as hard as other people. So like for me, it's constantly this thing where it's like, it's not a fucking race. And like, if for me, it's it's really liberating to know like none of it really matters in the end. So you might as well just be happy in your life and not be obsessed with the idea of like meaningless status, you know, like I think it's one thing to like grind really hard because whatever your field is, whatever your passion is, you want to be the best in it. I think that's a really healthy thing to do, but to be obsessed with like competing against other people is just horrible and yeah yeah yeah. and I'm like I've been in a lot of fields where that's what drives people (laughs) you know like yeah just outdoing the guy next to you which is just like a not a good way to live well it's like I feel like there's like a balance right so Mm -hmm. it's like I listen to Les Brown to remind myself that like I'm here on earth because I was given some type of reason to be here Mm -hmm. you know that um we're not you know, I believe at least that we're not just here to float around and then die and decompose and that's it. I feel Mm -hmm. like we all have one thing that's like we're actually really good at um, and not necessarily better than other people, but we're able to express it or or get to that result more easeful than other people. And Les Brown reminds me of that, that like you can live your dream and that you do deserve to live that dream because you're here, Mm -hmm. right? And you have something special. And then what I'm relating to what you're saying is like, I also love Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, because he has the that hustle and grind mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think you need a little bit of both. Like you do have to, you know, you can't just be super uh, non-productive. You can't just be like, well, I'm here and and life is going to happen for me. And so I'm just going to kick my feet up and watch the clouds go by and just be grateful for everything that life has to, life has to offer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you do need to like put your feet to the pavement and you will have nights where maybe you don't get as much sleep as you want to. And you do have to make sure that, you know, you're not just, um, always, waiting for Friday and waiting for the weekend so that you can just relax and not do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I I do, I do like 
that kind of uh, hustle mentality too that Gary Vaynerchuk has. But at the same time, the thing that they both have in common, right? One is kind of more laid back. One is more like, just go get it. Like you said, like, if you're not, if you're sleeping, then the the, <laughs> the next person is like grinding and they're uh, not sleeping and you're going to lose, right? Um, but <laughs> the, the thing they have in common is that like, you know, bet on your strengths. You know mm. what I mean? Like, don't spend too much time worried about what you're not good at. Just focus on what you are good at. And also just this optimist concept of just like, you know, losers will lose because they have, uh, they already think they're going to lose. You know right. what I mean? Um, and that difference between cockiness and confidence, you know, like I think a lot of people these days, um, you know, I, I, I was born in 87, so I grew up in the nineties. So like selling out was a big thing, right? <laughs> right, like, right. You didn't want to be right now. Yeah. If you now selling out means you made it, you right, know what I mean? Right. Like now, when your favorite influencer like has a Pepsi Cola in their in their uh, Instagram post, you're like, damn, they made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to in the nineties, it'd be like, oh, what a sellout, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we all have to pay our bills. Like, that's the thing, like it. the judgment of that. I and it's usually, listen, I don't want to stereotype, but usually the people quickest to call other sellouts are people from very privileged families, or they have trust funds themselves, and it's like they're always the ones who are quickest to accuse people of selling out I've noticed like poor people don't do that you know poor people are kind of like oh good for you. you you can pay your rent or you're making it and you're not waking up in a cold sweat every day because you're freaking out about money good for you you know like yeah, I, I know- think I used to be like that I think I used to be more judgmental of people but now like if I see like a comic who's in a commercial I'm like oh good they can probably pay rent this month <laughs> good oh, for see, them that's funny because I feel like I get it I feel like I've seen both sides yeah. of that like the more privileged and then the less privileged I feel like um both have have said good and bad things you know because like maybe someone who can't afford their rent as easily as someone else who can goes like yeah like good for you like you you do need money to pay your electric bill you can't just do everything for free right but then I've also had um you know the opposite and I feel like it's for me what I find is it's more about um the mentality it's like I feel like the first person to call me out on like doing a a Pepsi ad or whatever Right. right um Pepsi call me, um, <laughs> you know, um, is somebody who would in a millisecond pick up a Pepsi, sure. like, you know, influencer yeah. agreement. like they wouldn't even look over the contract. They would just sign it because it'd be like, yo, Pepsi call, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and that's what I tend to find is like, you know, you would, you go to that person's Instagram account or their, their YouTube channel and like, you know, they're, they're trying to get sponsorships left and right. And it's more of just this, uh, this this jealousy which comes with the comparison of social media you know like what you're saying like comparing your hustle to someone else's hustle you know um so i find trying to find that medium right like you know sometimes you need a gary little gary v in you and you need to hustle and be hard Mm. and just like say fuck everything like this is what i'm doing you know balls to the wall kind of thing and then sometimes for me i need that les brown reminder that like listen like sometimes you know, you need to just take a moment and and be yeah. grateful and remember what's around and remember that like you're here with the purpose and that if you took today to like, you know, take a fucking walk, like nothing is going to implode. In exactly. The yeah. I and I have a hard time remembering that. It's also like everybody works differently, too. Like I know friends who 
can hustle 24 seven and they're fine and that's how they thrive. And that's just their natural operating speed. And then I know other people who like really can't deal with that. And like, they're really successful people too, but they need to take like a lot more self care. They need to unplug from the internet. They need to like go for a lot of walks. And that doesn't mean that they're failing or like falling behind. It's just, that's their operating speed. Mm -hmm. It's like the concept of, um, you know, work efficiently. You don't have to work 24 seven. You just have to efficiently work while you're there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I totally relate to that a lot. I feel like I go and I kind of go through waves. Like I'll go through waves of just like mad long days, constantly working, like just weeks of working. And then it'll be like a whole week where I'm like, I barely did anything substantial this week, but I took a lot of self-care time. You know, I'm kind of like a a wave. Like I go up very high where I'm working a lot. And then I kind of dip down and kind of go back and forth. Yes. Um, And too much in either one leads to not a good result like too much (laughs) of high pace or too much of just chilling like um you know kind of have to have to ride those waves appropriately yeah I'm constantly trying to avoid getting sick if I'm too productive or Mm. getting depressed if I'm taking too much time off (laughs) so it's like I'm trying to like hover between those two areas on the spectrum yeah um so I wanted to ask you, what are your favorite TV shows right now? My favorite TV shows, I really do not watch that much TV, period. Yeah. I feel like so lame um, because like people would be like, oh, Game of Thrones ended. And I know that was like almost maybe a year ago now. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, that's so sad. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, no, <laughs> talking about um, or like, you know, everyone's like, oh, the Avengers movie just came out. And I'm yeah. like. I don't know who the Avengers are. You know what I mean? I mean, like, honestly, that's almost kind of impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just, you know, it's just not, not something. But if I, you know, when I do watch TV, right, because it's not like I never watch right. anything. Um, I really do enjoy um, The Prophet. Do you know that mo- that show? The no. Prophet no. What's it about? So it's pretty much about uh, this, you know, I guess he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, he is an entrepreneur, uh, Marcus Limonis. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Um, but he just is this, you know, super, you know, well-off guy who started campus Camping World, um, the like, you know, Camping World, that big, uh, you know, they sell like RVs. Oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he owns that and he pretty much made this show called The Profit and he goes into kind of failing businesses and decides to, you know, either partner with them or not. And then he believes in like people, process and profit. And so he goes in each episode is kind of fairly the same. He goes in, he meets the people, learns about the people, tries to, you know, figure out the dynamic. Then he goes in and he sees the process and usually the process is completely fucked <laughs> and he fix the fixes the process and then you know um shows how you can go to your profit and i feel like the coolest part about that is that a lot of times he is you know kind of doing therapy mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's not the business that's broken it's the people that run it sure and so i yeah, I like his humanity um, in in the process, and then a lot of like he he goes back a lot of times and shows that like people are not doing what they said they would do. He's lost. He's like left a lot of companies, which I feel like is cool because I feel like that shows that you know he kind of failed, right? Like he went into a company, he paid a lot of money mm-hmm. um, to help fix it up, and then it fails 
still, even with him being there. And so he focuses a lot on team and how, like, you know, even though he steps in, that doesn't mean that it's going to be all roses and daisies, you know, it could still totally turn into trash. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool. He's very open about the successes and failures, which I think a lot of those shows just don't focus on. Um, he just, he's very human. Like I follow him on Instagram as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not like flashy cars and all these hot girls. Like he's just like a normal dude. Like, you know what I mean? Um, And I really like that humanity about him. Like, I feel like if I met him out, you know, and about, he would, you know, you wouldn't even know that he was this like multi, multi millionaire, you know, Um, about humanity is cool. Very cool. And then finally, I wanted to ask you what you're listening to right now, whether that's like music or maybe podcasts, anything like that. Yeah, I definitely uh, listen to more podcasts than music, Mm -hmm. but I'll kind of give you both. Like, for some reason, on my Spotify, I'm on this, like, Drake playlist. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I've been – I mean, like, old stuff, new stuff. Like, I've just been draking it out. So, like, (laughs) I listen to the uh, This Is Drake playlist, which is just, like, 14 million hours of Drake (laughs) music. Okay. Uh, So that's been been my my main go-to. And as far as music and then podcasts, um, I really switch between the Gary V podcast, mm-hmm. the uh, there's this other podca- podcast called Mind Pump, mm-hmm. which is like a fitness podcast, but they focus a lot on just like overall life hacks, just like business and style and what's, you know, pop culture. But the main focus is fitness because I love uh, fitness and just like health and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that's Mind Pump. And then. That you know, I listen to um, Lewis House. I enjoy Lewis House's interviews and stuff like that. Um, nothing, nothing against Lewis House himself, but I really love the people he interviews. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good show to kind of learn about new people. I feel like as opposed to like mind pumping Gary Vee. I'm listening for the the hosts of those shows. Um, for the Lewis House, um, I think it's like Mind Master master minds or something mm-hmm. um greatness that's it the uh the uh my, greatness podcast uh whatever but he <laughs> interviews a lot of people and then I learn about new people from his interviews and then I tend to like listen to an interview and I'm like I love this person and then I you know I dive into the rabbit hole of YouTubing videos and TED talks of all those different types of people so his podcast is really good for exposure to new um new material new things to learn about very cool. Um, and I guess just before I let you go, is there any advice you have for people who are maybe not feeling so great about the state of the world right now, or maybe they're just feeling a little low? Yeah, I feel like to anyone who's just feeling like the world is just uh, going to shit, um, I think <laughs> if you if you went back into anybody's life cycle at any moment, if you just watch the news, the world looked like it was going to completely explode. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was aliens coming, a uh, meteor about to hit, uh, a World War Three coming on. Um, I feel like every era had its negativity. But I really, really do believe, um, and this is part of Gary Vee's message, I really do believe that now is an opportunity that we've never really had before. Uh, We have access to information literally at our fingertips. Um, Half the things we do in the world, like we save so much time by hitting a button to start our car than just turning the damn knob, you know what I mean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the key. Um, So I feel like 
it's really what you're going to surround yourself with. If you're going to watch the news and you're going to go on Twitter and you're just going to see people calling people out and just being super negative, then yeah, like then the world is going to implode on itself because that's what you're surrounding yourself with. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of the whole concept of this talk is like, you have to remove yourself from that situation and also look at all the positive. Like, yes, we have plastic that in the ocean that can circle the ocean, the world like 16 times or something ridiculous. Mm. But we also have access to so much technology and information that I really believe the answer to that is going to happen. If you sat down and spent your whole life trying to find the answer to how to remove all the plastic from the ocean, I really feel like we will come up with an answer and a solution and we'll be able to get it out in a way of educating the masses in a way that we never would have been able to before, you know, mm. we, you know, one video goes viral and you've got 10 million people viewing it within four days. And, you know, you can, you can really serve the world with all of the technology and information we have. So, you know, there's some negatives, but I really feel like we're at a time that people are motivated to socially change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, even environmentally as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, you know, I'm kind of excited to see where we are in 20 years and what problems we have today, um, that we won't have in 20 years. Thanks again to Aiden. Please go follow him on Twitter. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. My first bad news item is that men are awful. <laughs> Eric, respond. Um, wow. I, I have no defense. Great, the I defense win. rests. Uh, yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Light Trees News. <laughs> I feel uh, set up. Uh, oh. ambushed oh, do you do you feel attacked <laughs> well that's what it's like to be a woman every day walking through this world okay mm -hmm. here's actually what i want to talk about <laughs> men are awful so a new study <clears throat> reveals why female journalists are so much less influential on twitter than men uh it turns out Male political reporters retweet other dudes three times more than their female colleagues. Wow. 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 <laughs> Just like on a personal bitter note, <laughs> as someone who has made a point on Twitter Ooh, and then fun. seen a male journalist who follows me make a eerily similar point mm. 15 to 45 minutes later yeah. and then have it retweeted tens of thousands of times because other male journalists are like wow what a good point that's a good point what a great point it's a little frustrating sure it's a little frustrating um you know what you should do is um uh do what i do and not uh have ambition or <laughs> uh a career <laughs> cool 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 <laughs> yeah well i thought you were gonna say just stay off twitter which is what i have been doing where i'm like you I'm know what i'm not really on twitter that much I'm anymore i'm fucking either. done now i just tweet very dumb things Oh, you want to know what I just tweeted? Yes, I do. Okay. Very much so. Because so, I put my phone up like a good podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, my phone's on airplane mode. That's a new thing I've been doing to preserve my sanity. Um, but everybody's out because it's pride and everybody's like partying and stuff. 
So I said, wild night over here. And then I just screen grabbed what was actually on my Google browser at the time, which was me searching ate a bad pistachio because I had just eaten a bad pistachio. I've eaten some bad pistachios Dude, I was like, am I going to die? I've never had one that bad. I've eaten some pretty questionable pistachios. It tasted like I just ate a cluster of battery acid. I was like, what is that? As soon as you said that, I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was about. so gross. I was just sitting on the couch and guys it's like kind of dark in my apartment because i can't get to some of the lamps because of the boxes so i'm like in the dark and i ate a bad pistachio and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) it was awful have you ever been like putting something in your mouth and you like eye it just as you're like about to put it in your mouth and it looks questionable but you're like it's in motion Oh, you're yeah. Like, there's like that quarter and of a like, second. I'm like, not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way I'm like, I'm 100% eating this. Um, yeah. I mean, so back to this story, there used to be a website and I'm spacing on the name of it. If you remember, please send it to me and use hashtag light trees and pod. So I see it. There used to be a website that would break down your retweets into gender and show you how often you retweet uh, men versus how often you yeah, retweet women. I remember that website. And I used it and I was horrified. I don't, I don't remember the website. But I, I think mine was like 60% men that I was retweeting. Really? Yeah, And yeah. I was like, ooh, I'm going to retweet more lady journalists. Yeah. So I've tried to do – this was years ago, so I've been trying to do that. I think it's like I, – I mean, you know, it's obviously a big problem, and it just gets compounded by a lot of different factors because it's like, you know uh, – I, I would wager uh, being, you know, having studied social science, like I would, I would wager that like male political reporters are probably more prone to follow more male political reporters. Yes, of course. And so they're going to see their tweets more, which means they tweet, you know, they retweet them more. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you sit down and look at your feed and you follow your follow ratio of, of men to women is three to one, where you're going to get three more, you know, three times sure. the tweets. And so it just like, it's the, it's the same bias and it just like shows up in different ways. And then it compounds upon itself. Cause it's like, I, you follow more male political reporters and then you're retweeting more male political reporters and then right. you're only engaging with more. So male I guess the solution is just to follow people who aren't like you. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, curate your list a little better. Um, be more deliberate with your retweets and, yeah. and, and be mindful of, of what you are putting out there. You uh, know? Amanda Turkle, who works for Huffington Post, <laughs> when, when this article came out, changed her avatar to, so she's a, a young Asian American uh, journalist. She changed her avatar to a white dude and mm. changed her name to like a white man sounding Oh, I remember name. this. And yeah, was just like, yeah. hello, fellow bros. <laughs> like, please feel free to retweet me now, Mm. which I loved. And I was sort of like, should we all do that? Can you imagine how flustered and confused white men would be if they didn't really know who was white and a man? (laughs) Like, yeah, do I, do I, is this a real white man? Do I really, is this a valid opinion? I don't know. Should I retweet it? Is it a secret lady? (laughs) Is it a secret person of color? What do I do? I also wonder if there's a little bit of a feedback loop effect where like, you know, I mean, I I've never had to deal with uh, fame, so I don't. Mean, <laughs> Eric, um, are you gonna link every story to like your lack of ambition? Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool, uh, cool. No, I I just I'm wondering like 
you know, I'm very aware of like the people that retweet me because it's not a lot. So mm-hmm. it's like I see all of it. Whereas mm-hmm. like, you know, so, I, you know, I'm wondering if it's like a feedback loop of like, you know, if you're a, a, a male journalist and you're following more male journalists and you're retweeting them, then those people are seeing you retweet them. So yes. they're more apt to retweet your stuff when sure. they see it or it's whatever. It's one big circle jerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a better word than feedback loop. Yeah. That's the technical circle term. Jerk. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Hashtag light trees and pod um so and also bad news much worse news um we've been talking a lot about immigration in the child internment camps <sighs> that are a real thing mm-hmm. but there's a a related story over at huffington post about uh and i apologize if i mispronounce this arasali martinez Yanez, who's 33 and she uh, Received asylum, thankfully, because she was from a very small village in Honduras and she was in an incredibly abusive relationship with a man who I believe raped her when she was like 15 Mm -hmm. and then was like, cool, I'm just going to marry you now. And then she um, was married to this monster um, and he eventually um, shot her. Uh, And he also, he killed himself and their two young sons afterwards. And luckily, thankfully, uh, she made the 2,000 mile journey to escape this village and escape this torturous past. She received asylum. But now under Trump's zero tolerance policy, she would have been turned away. So Huffington Post has a profile about her and like, you know, recapping how horrible what happened to her was but thankfully she is here now um but also how terrible it is that other victims like her will now be turned away oh yeah yeah and just like again i know making moral appeals to the right at this point is folly (laughs) we (laughs) we just need to start winning elections because they don't care about people (laughs) at all especially if they're poor brown people but when you read her story and i encourage everyone to do that if you look at the um the details in the podcast episode when it pops Mm -hmm. up on your phone you can follow the link a link to the huffington post profile but it is truly miraculous she's alive and the the thought of her being turned away like makes me feel sick yeah i mean i mean certainly that has happened that we don't know about sure sure um it's really hard for me to talk about immigration stories because, like, I can't get into a rational conversation of it because I'm just like, my position is that there sh- should not be borders. Yeah. <laughs> and there, sh- there should and be obviously nation states. Abolish so, ice and obviously yeah. yeah, yeah, like abolish ice. Like, there should be, I don't even, I'm not even saying there should, like, just give advice. Like, I don't think there should be borders. Right. Like, sure. I, I'm not even sure we should have nation states. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you know, and, and it's hard to like, it's one of those issues where it's like, I can't, you know, there are certain political topics that I think you can have rational disagreements about, you know, uh, sometimes, but it's like, how do you talk to somebody who believes that like, 
you know, uh, a person's humanity is less important than whether or not they broke a law. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you how do you deal with somebody like that? And I think ultimately the, the problem is it comes down to we think they're people and the right don't. Yeah. I think, so, that, I mean, I think that's true. I I'm don't like, think that's I'm not going to get into like, a fucking debate with you guys. Like, your position is monstrous. Yeah. And I feel like to even debate it is to give it legitimacy. Yeah. And like we're I'm not going to meet you in the middle if your position is this woman should have been turned away to die. Oh, speaking of the middle, cuz this is also bad news. Did you see the fucking horrible Andrew Sullivan column? Oh, no. I actively avoid. Oh my god. He wrote Is a he col- like we have different size heads? <laughs> Which is like <laughs> yeah, what yeah. it all boils down to. Yeah, pretty uh, no, it was worse than that. <laughs> he wrote a column um uh basically it was just called, um, I mean, I don't remember the title of it, but the thesis of his article is that we have to meet in the middle on immigration uh, <laughs> and in order to uh, get wins for uh, just let Trump have the wall. Oh, I Just let Trump have the wall. Literally, the first headline that came up was, it's time to give Trump his wall. If, if we want to end the border crisis, it's time to give Trump his wall. And in the, the- I read this whole thing because I'm a masochist and I hate myself. Um <laughs> And so, you know, the thesis of this article, he's like, we have to meet in the middle. And, you know, um, literally part of his, his thesis, he says this verbatim in the article, is like, Trump won the election based on... First of all, false. Uh, <laughs> I will die on that hill. I mean, he did win. <laughs> he got millions of votes. He didn't fucking win the popular vote. He didn't win the popular vote. He won the election, though. <laughs> you can say both of those things. Uh, but, he, you know, he won the election... Based on his immigration policy, there's a large part of the country that wants the border enforced, and they won the election, so we have to concede that to them. And and he he's like, we have to give him the wall in 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 order to get the other things like um, more humane. And he literally talks about like you know getting funding for more humane detention centers. Oh my god! And more. Like- Let's have the nicest detention centers in the world. Yeah. Is there any greater example of being a fucking collaborator than Andrew Sullivan? Oh, he got. It gets way worse in the article too, because he he literally talks about like, he literally talks about like, like, he's he's he ventures into some pretty dicey territory talking about like, how it's not bad to worry about demographic change in a country yeah he always has um not even been walking the line he is a full-on racist he wrote some articles some dumb articles about iq right oh yeah no yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. actually he like kind of wades into phrenology and all yeah. of that stuff where the bell curve shit yeah, yeah. uh Ugh. guys that was some bad stuff <laughs> but before you go out into the rest of your day here is your good news once again all of my good news has to do with badass protesters not giving fascists a moment's peace (laughs) i've noticed a trend in the good news segment um that i would like to uh propose uh, mm-hmm. an adjustment to the title okay um instead of the instead of the good news can it be can it be the schadenfreude corner but i mean that is good news to me because no I, it is good news i'm just saying that schadenfreude is the best kind of a news. lot of your kidding? good news is like just 
bad things happening to bad people, yeah, which I love. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's always <laughs> great news. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked to leave a restaurant uh, because she works for Trump and is a collaborator. So shout out to Red Hen, which I have literally never heard of until this moment. A 26-seat farm-to-table restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. If you live in Lexington, go to Red Hen. Eat there. Um, Because Sarah Huckabee Sanders came in, sat down with her party. The owner of the restaurant arrived and asked Sanders to leave, citing Sanders' efforts to represent and defend the Trump administration. So obviously, Sarah, (laughs) my favorite headline I saw was at Huffington Post, where it was like, Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, separated from her meal, (laughs) which is hilarious because the Trump administration is actively working to separate families right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's safe to say it's more traumatic to be separated from your family than your fucking meal. I don't know, Allison. I've had some pretty good meals (laughs) uh, that I loved like family. But my favorite part of this is how... The Trump administration, the right, have been talking about the um, the gay wedding cake ruling. Yeah. The where they're like, businesses have shop, a yeah. right to turn away people. Mm. And now here's a business that has <laughs> the right to turn away a person. And they're like, not, not us. Yeah. Not us. Oh, uh, I just think like. But it's worse because it's an individual and the wedding cake is a, a class of people. Which is obviously why much, much worse. Right. Well, that's why you can't talk about these things on the same level because it's like even with the even the side, the people, you know, that are arguing that that in in, in favor of the couple getting the wedding cake made. Nobody's arguing a business's right to refuse service. Right. It's right to refuse service on a blanket like an entire class of people. Yeah, Yeah. Like. That's like, what makes it unconstitutional. Yeah, like yeah. I used to, I used, to, I, I've managed businesses before. You know, I used to work in a hotel. That Did you I kick to, people out? Oh yeah, kicked a lot of people out. Not a lot, but a good bit. You, you I, I kicked some people out. Go down a little bit of a power trip. No, moment? I mean, I did like it in the moment. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I did enjoy <laughs> I it. Got in the a moment. rush. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's like nobody, nobody's arguing businesses' right to refuse service. But you have to. It has to be based on you know uh objective measures or it has to be based on like something that this individual person has done Mm -hmm. you know um that's a threat to you and your business and your employees or you know so there has to be some sort of reasoning for it and what i really love what if you're like it's be what if what if eric did you even consider this people being gay makes you feel icky you got a little bit of a tummy ache yeah that's a good point what if it that's compromising my health. Well, that sounds like a case that's just complicated enough for the Supreme Court. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, we tried it already. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, like what I also love about because I read a follow up uh, article with the owner of Red Hen. And what I really loved was that um, she asked her staff what to do. Oh. She uh, she wasn't there. And when the reservation came in, they called her and told her who was coming <laughs> They're in. like, yo, shit's going down. <laughs> uh, and so she went to the restaurant. And when she got there, she, like, went to the back and, like, asked her staff. She's like, what do you want me to do? That's cool. And the, So it was, like, a group decision. Yeah. She's like, I have. They're like, kick that bitch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, like, went in. She's like, I have, like, you know, I have, like, 
you know, uh, minority employees. I have gay employees. Like I have, like yeah, absolutely. And, and no, like, she was being a good boss. Like yeah. I'm sure you guys feel uncomfortable. What would you like me to do? Yeah, yeah. and she, they were like, we want her gone, and so she took her out and told her to leave. Hell yeah! And then fucking her dumb dad started talking shit on Twitter. Oh, what a dummy! Do I have his? I yeah, hate, I think I have. I hate him so much. Hold on, let me find that because I wanted to talk about other badass protesters. Or maybe I don't have it. Was I just like fuck him? Um, yeah, he was just being racist and gross. Ugh. Um, so also shout out to the protesters who blasted <laughs> Kirsten <laughs> Nielsen's home with audio of crying immigrant oh children. God, so I hope she hears that sound in her sleep. <laughs> I hope she never has a moment's peace. And these badass protesters are trying to work that she never has a moment's peace, which is like the very least that should happen to her. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's awesome. They were also waving signs reading child snatcher and chanting, how do you sleep at night to reiterate my point? Yep. Um, the demonstrators included members of immigrant right groups, uh, Casa in action and Jewish action, a wing of the progressive Jewish advocacy, advi- uh, advocacy oh, no. group, Ben the Ark. They massed outside her D.C. area townhome on Friday morning. Um, and according to HuffPost's uh, Philip Lewis, it's believed that she was inside during the protest. So okay. she could hear all of it. Good. Uh, good. Can you imagine being her neighbor? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. I would I'm love not gonna to lie. I'd probably get a little pissed off at some point. Like, <laughs> God. Even I agree with you. Oh my God. It's horrifying what you're playing. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, take it up with her. <laughs> no, her. that's what I was saying. I would be, I would be like, Kristen, move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get out of here. I also wanted to shout out the ICE protesters who, uh, that sounds like people who work for ICE who are protesting. People protesting ICE. Because I was talking about um, that I was hoping people would, like, physically block the buses and stuff like that. And uh, that was already happening in certain areas. But now those demonstrations have grown Um, from Portland, Oregon, to McAllen, Texas, to New York City. Protesters are increasingly mobilizing to block immigration vans and buses as they transport migrant children rounded up in the Trump administration's widened dragnet. This is from Splinter News. So far, protests have been measured with authorities managing to circumvent the demonstrators and continuing about their callous business. But pressure is building. Um, And it's actually happening here in Manhattan. People uh, participating in hashtag Occupy ICE. Hell yeah. Which you can search on Twitter and see photos of them um, blocking the driveway where the the buses arrive to... um, with with uh undocumented immigrants inside them where is the um there was the the original occupation of i like there was the ice center where the uh, they circled it and they can't nobody that works there can leave oh in portland is that in portland yeah okay 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 yeah, uh, no, Portland was on that early. Yeah. <laughs> like, they immediately... It was also, I saw, I feel like it was a tweet or something, but, like, uh, a representative of the ICE was, like, asking protesters to let the ICE employees go home to their families. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Also. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you hear <laughs> like, yourself say that and not be like, oh, 
Oh, I see. You know what? I'm going to join you guys. This is evil. This is totally evil. Uh, so in Manhattan on Friday, over a dozen of demonstrators linked arms and temporarily blocked an ICE van from exiting the facility with detained migrants. One protester was thrown to the ground before the van's driver managed to force his way through the crowd with the help of immigration officers who also linked arms to plow through the protesters. Oh, my God. I just I think it's really important for people to remember, like, because this is going to be a, a subject with a long fight. Mm hmm. I think it's really important for people to remember, like, there's no there's no such thing as a humanitarian immigration uh, policy. No. I mean, it, uh, this is, a, like, a uniquely, you know, horrific uh, moment. I don't mean uniquely and it's never happened before, but, like, we're in a time where, like, it, there, it is really bad. But, like, you know, in the th- in the ni- in the 30s, we turned away boats of uh, uh, Holocaust refugees <laughs> and sent them back hey, to Germany. Eric, hear me out, okay? <laughs> yes, that seems horrific and immoral, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah. It, did it happen if we don't mm, talk about that's it? That's true. Huh? That's true. All right. Um, I accept your apology. <laughs> uh, that's the new if a tree falls. Yeah. Yeah. If, if if we turn away Holocaust survivors, but we don't talk about it, did, did it, it really happen? happen? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, like, and people hear that and it's shocking now, but like at the time it was just because like we reached our quota of Jewish immigrants. We have enough Jews now. Thank you. And Thank then, you. Bye-bye. And we turned around and we sent them back to Germany to certain death Mm -hmm. and like there's no way to have an immigration like policy and enforcement that you get you you have to pick one and i think that's a a big thing between the right and left too is that like you get to pick one you either get to have you either get to be a humanitarian country Mm -hmm. or you get to have an immigration policy don't tell me how to be a person I'll be a fucking <laughs> hypocrite if I want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> that's that's fair, actually. <laughs> We're all we all have to be hypocrites in some way. No, but I don't think we need to be a hypocrite in that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, yeah, you can only you. The, there's no middle ground on this. There is no like Andrew Sullivan and his fucking dumb humanitarian detention centers. Like racist. Like, like there's no middle ground. Like you either get to be the humanitarian country or you get to have immigration. And that's, you know, back to your earlier point, that's the big thing on the right is that they want the immigration policy and they don't see these other people as humans. Right. Um also your dumb fucking wall is not gonna do anything. No. You dumb dumbs. Wall's not gonna, and uh, like nationalism is the dumbest ideology. Yeah, it is. But it's also it really appear appeals to fear. <laughs> Yeah, and people just, are very fearful right now. It's just fear and like, it's just so like, when, uh, I didn't, we are all here by sheer r- luck, uh, by sheer random. How dare you? Oh. I yeah. am a specimen of a human <laughs> being and the Lord Jesus Christ took one look at me and said, that's an American. She is an American. He also gendered me immediately. Here's a question. Yes. When uh, um when when uh, uh Jesus is mm-hmm. is like making the babies yes go on um accurate did he so it sounds like he made you first he made me from clay and then decided you were an American he made me from clay and he kissed me on the forehead and then I became a person and he looked at me and he said my God she's divine 
she's an American. So if so, all the people outside of America, did he like mess them up? Or? Yes. Oh. I'm not gonna walk you through this. Go read your Bible. Okay. okay. That's fair. Thank That's you. Fair. Thank you, guys. We're out of time. Please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric E R E K underscore Smith. Please, please, if you are in a bill. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> if you're in a position to do so, please go to lighttreason.news, hit the donate button, sign up to support the show for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. Guys, I also have a Patreon, and we have an incredible reading of Mystery Weekend over there, oh. complete with sound effects that you can hear right now. What if you sign up time. at $5 a month, you get to send questions to Light Treason News if you do that as well. We love hearing from you guys. Speaking of that hashtag light trees and pod on twitter join the conversation what's a better way to say that uh all right we'll spitball later yeah that's i mean i don't know it sounds so gross <laughs> but i like hearing from you and i like uh talking to you and i like seeing you guys talk to each other that makes my little heart happy uh sp- uh, uh spit words at us get out <laughs> that's terrible that's worse than join the conversation all right guys have a wonderful rest of your day and while you're out there Uh, Why not cause a little bit of trouble?